Welcome back to the Morning Grind. It's uh, Dean once again. Stevie not in just yet. Of course, Stevie's knocking out his uh, NASCAR content. You guys know where, know where to get that here at RotorRiders.com. That said, uh, we got basketball and baseball theoretically right around the corner. Yesterday, we talked with Cardi uh, about baseball, uh, mostly just anticipating the season, some, some things to kind of expect. We, we talked a little bit of Vegas stuff as well. I wanted to have a bigger Vegas conversation with that. I'm going to bring in Mr. Vegas. Sure, why not? Let's give him that moniker. I mean, nothing says Vegas like that haircut you're rocking right now, Grant. It's Grant Nefer. What's going on, Grant? Oh, you know, just just get my quarantine haircuts going, you know, for my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a combination platter? Like you get the you get like a checkup and you get a haircut at the same time? Yeah, here's a haircut and here's some penicillin. You should have had shouldn't have had so much fun this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I have questions, but I think the people want to hear uh, uh they want to hear us talk about some basketball. We're gonna do basketball and we're gonna do baseball as well. Uh, talking from a Vegas perspective. Uh, right now, I have the, the DK Sportsbook open. Great, right? We're going to basically work off that. Uh, oh, we did want to say, actually, I talked to you about this off air. I think it's worth noting before, before we kind of dive in. More and more states, obviously, are ratifying Sportsbook. More and more states are trying to get you to sign up, and they're giving you sign-up bonuses, and they're giving you some free bets. And you talked to me about this off air, and unfortunately, right now, I'm in a state that does not offer sports gambling, but you do. Uh, you have to live in Colorado right now. Uh, speak to that and speak to the strategy on how to best use uh, your deposit bonuses or I guess your free bets specifically. I mean, yeah. So like always get the maximum deposit bonus if you have the money for it. Again, be responsible, but always get the maximum deposit bonus every single time. Like DK, FanDuel, MGM, all these places, they offer you a $500 free bet. So like on your first bet up to $500. So as much as you're comfortable with losing, use that. And then like on DK, the free bets they give you, um, you don't get the equity back. So you put $500 on a plus 100 bet. And if you win, you get $500. Whereas if you put $500 on a minus $500 bet, you get back a hundred. So you don't get back the equity like you would with a normal bet. So if you are going to use these free bets, always go with a dog, always go with the dog, preferably a bigger dog. If you can, like I use a, bet earlier yesterday um on a on the pelicans to win the finals because it it wasn't a great bet i'm not proud of it <laughs> i had a few drinks the beforehand the NBA finals? <laughs> well i had to use a 25 dollar bet on in, free bet on nba and so i'm like all right i'm just gonna go for a long shot i'm like oh this seems like a good idea i'm probably gonna forget to use this bet if i don't do it right now anyways but yeah i always opt into all the promotions i've got tiger woods to make the cut for at plus 125 this weekend. I had enhanced bets. I'll use all those ones you can because it's basically free money right now. How many different sites did you sign up for? How many were you enticed by to get your free perks? I mean, I'm kind of, I was waiting more towards uh, baseball season. And so now I'm probably going to be signed up for six of them would be my guess. Yeah. I saw uh, was I saw FanDuel. Uh, this was a, was for Colorado specific, and it kind of makes sense because it was over week one of the NFL season, where I believe they're giving the you can back the Broncos up to fifty dollars, and I want to say they give you thirty points. Do you trust yeah. the Broncos to cover here? Yeah, I, I trust the Broncos to cover there. I mean, it's not a guarantee, but <laughs> most likely going to happen. Like, I mean, yeah, they they've given out tons of them. Like, I'm just looking at mine right now. I have I have the Avalanche to win the championship at eight or no 30 to one okay so i mean it's not a ton of money but like if you these things start to add up like they really start to add up so yeah 
I mean, just make sure you use them. Like free money is free money. It's interesting you mentioned the Pelicans first because that's kind of where I want to start. Uh, this is my favorite bet, Grant, and I want to pitch it to you. I want you to confirm. I want you to deny. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I may try to find somebody to, <laughs> to wager this for me because, again, currently I'm in a, not in a state to do so. Of course, I'm just in an advisor role. But uh, the Pelicans right now, Grant, they are currently plus 300 uh, to make the playoffs. Well, to get the eight seed. Uh, and that's basically if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to get the eight seed. And the Pelicans uh, are basically battling for the eight seed with Memphis, with Portland. I guess you can say Sacramento. I guess you can say San Antonio and Phoenix and Dallas. Not Well, Dallas isn't going to fall all the way back. That doesn't make any sense. They're, I think, 500 to 1 or 50 to 1 because they're going to get the seven seed. But uh, Grant, we currently have Memphis in a good spot, well positioned to at least be in that play-in game. Now, uh, you know how this works, Grant, I assume. Uh, uh, if the eight seed is, has a lead of four games or more over the nine seed, they're just the eight seed in the playoff start. If it's four games or less, uh, they're going to have a play-in game. Eight plays nine. If eight meets nine, eight moves on. If nine beats eight, they play again. If nine beats eight, it's nine. So, what I'm playing on, uh, what, what I think is going to happen here, of course, Portland's in between as well, too. It's Memphis, Portland, New Orleans. Portland and New Orleans are kind of sort of neck and neck. But the NBA, stop me, uh, well, you know, chime in here at some point here, Grant. But the NBA wants, they want New Orleans to make this playoffs, right? They want to they wanna showcase some Zion? Yeah, oh, absolutely. They want that to happen. And I'm trying to place a bet right now on this. Um, guess I'll have to save it for later because apparently I can't do it while I'm on Zoom on my computer. <laughs> Didn't know. I've only ever used the app until now. That um, weird. But yeah, and I mean, like, I think it was Ian Hardwood, whatever his name is. I can never remember people's names because I'm not good at that. Uh, set, like, so there are three games out. Like, I think that if they're within four games by the end of it, they have to win twice, essentially, against the Grizzlies in a row in order to make it. Um, you sent me over something earlier, like 538 or whatever it is. Uh, has them as a 38% chance to make the nine seed or eight seed. They have a 45% chance. According to 538 math-based organization, a 45% chance for New Orleans to get the eight spot, 37% chance on Memphis, 10% chance for Portland, despite the fact Portland has a slightly more favorable record right now against New Orleans. Portland is 29 and 37. Uh, New Orleans is 28 and 36. But the other part is uh, New Orleans, and their real schedule, the one that was thrown away, obviously, because of COVID, uh, they had the most favorable schedule going down the stretch. And I suppose kind of sort of for that reason, that's why New Orleans ended up with the absolute best strength of schedule going forward in these eight games. Yeah, they faced the Clippers. Yeah, they faced Utah on opening night, which, by the way, opening night, they're being showcased on ESPN, I believe. But they're also facing all the other terrible teams. Uh, I think they got, what, Sacramento twice. Uh, they got Washington as well. I think they played Phoenix too. Uh, Washington's and Washington's going to be with is pretty much a guaranteed win for everyone. I'm, pay, I'm going to try out for Washington. I'm going to give it a go. I think they're going to give me like 10 minutes or so. It's not going to go well. But, yeah, Washington, of course, without – I mean, I think you can hold your team. own in um, IT2's place. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to go well. But uh, if you want to play conspiracy theory, that the, it's kind of sort of like – the schedule was suggesting New Orleans, you know, should have an easy schedule going forward as well, too. They're also healthy now, too. And, you know, they're a good team. I think they're the best team of this bunch as well, also. Um, basically it's going to come down to, I think it's going to come down to them playing Memphis twice and they beat Memphis twice this year already for what it's worth. And I think they're favorite in both those games. Like of course, Memphis only has one one of two, but again, you're getting three to one on this grant. Give me three to one. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. I mean, if you were saying like three to one's not bad. If Memphis, if the Pelicans are actually the better team, if this were just a, 
uh, straight up parlay of them beating the Grizzlies twice. I think it would come out to at minus one ten. It would be come out to like a plus three hundred fa- or payout anyways. Them beating gr- the Grizzlies twice in a row, but like they're just straight up the better team. And I mean, I get that the Grizzlies are a bit more healthy now. I know Triple J was out, and then Dylan Brooks was on a real whatever the opposite of the heater is. But I mean, in my opinion, yeah, the Pelicans are just the much much better team right now. So plus three hundred, I'm right there with you. I think that's probably the best futures bet for at least the eight seed. Um, and then like just looking at other futures bets for the championship winner, it, uh, I'm not seeing a ton, but I think my favorite one right now is probably the Clippers at plus three thirty three. I mean, the Clippers just match up well against most teams like Paul George and Kawhi, like they're going to be rested, which is obviously the biggest problem for them when they're rested. I mean, the Clippers were already an eight seed last year prior to, or were they, they were like a six seed, something like that last year with just their second unit. And now their starting unit is probably the best in basketball, better than the Lakers even. And if Paul George and Kawhi actually stayed in shape during this time, which I would assume they would, because PG's pretty much like half rested the entire season and they'll have eight games to get into shape. Like being able to have PG and Kawhi out on the floor for a boatload of minutes, every single game during the playoffs is going to be massive. I think the Clippers are probably my favorite at plus 333. But I mean, if you want to go a little bit ballsy, Philly at plus 2,800 is not the worst idea in the world. Yeah. It's going to walk us back just for a second. Just kind of a, you know, Portland it's worth noting, I suppose. Uh, Zach Collins and Nurkic are expected to be back for them. So adding some depth there down low. Uh, I, I saw a picture of Carmelo. He looks like pretty spelt. I don't know if you saw Carmelo. He's kind of skinny uh, coming out of, uh, out of the, the COVID break uh, for what it's worth. But I'm, I'm still not afraid. I still like that, that three to one as far as New Orleans. And I, one more thing I wanted to say about that is that the best strength of schedule uh, went, went to New Orleans. I think it was fourth and fifth for Memphis is Portland as far as the worst when it comes to strength of schedule. Uh, of course, this was like a week ago or so before like new news is broken. And then I've not seen, uh, of course, Westbrook uh, with COVID. We're not really sure what's going to happen with him. Right before we started recording, there is news about uh, speculation with Harden. Uh, and it's not a great source. I don't want to put it out there necessarily, but it's worth noting. And maybe by tomorrow, this will be, I've gone away. Or maybe by tomorrow, it'll be common news. And like Shams will have reported that Harden has COVID as well. But who knows? Uh, keep an eye on all that kind of stuff. And yeah, as far as the Clippers and, you know, look, we always say as a basketball, right, Grant? Um, it's not like baseball. It's not like hockey. You just get in the playoffs and you get hot and anybody can win. Basketball, the best teams are going to win a massive percentage of the time in a seven-game series. But this is if this is the time to embrace chaos. Uh, I know you started you start with the Clippers, and the Clippers, for some reason, I feel like that line should be closer to the Lakers. I just I just don't agree that it's that much of a disparity. Uh, and as far I as mean, you know, the reason behind that is people automatically bet on LeBron. It's not about what the actual odds are that much. It's more about like what people like want to do. There's a reason why the Patriots are always probably bigger favorites than they should be, even though they've covered a dramatic amount over the last seven years. There's a reason the Packers always have probably an extra one point add to their line because people want to bet on the Packers. People want to bet on the Cowboys. So certain teams just have an automatic tendency to have higher odds because more people are Lakers fans than anything else. So you have all the people putting in their $20, $30 bets on the Lakers to win the playoffs. So I think, more I think what, what about the whales though? What are the whales doing? I mean, the whales have, have there's a reason why 
it's not all the way over there. Um, but like just such a drastic amount of bets. People know bookmakers know that they're going to be betting on the teams that are the most well-known and the Lakers are the most well-known. Lakers plus 240, Clippers plus 333. And I agree with you just from a numbers perspective. I feel like that's basically a toss-up. Uh, you can make the depth argument. And again, we don't know what these teams are going to look like in two months and change. Uh, who is in, who is out, for what it's worth. Rondo's out six to eight weeks. Bradley's already out for the Lakers. They did have J.R. Smith. Um, I don't. Think I think they, they got Deion Waiters, didn't they? Do they have – did I miss Deion Waiters? Did they have, did they have both I think that guys? might have been a while ago. Uh, I can't <laughs> – Entire, I looked it up earlier. Like it's been so long since I've seen any basketball. <laughs> well, wow, like Deion, looking through the roster, I'm like, Deion Waiters is on there. Uh, yes, I, that is correct. If Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, what can go wrong? That's gonna be. I'm sure LeBron's gonna have a great time there. Um, and just look the depth. Just like betting on depth, like you said, the the Clippers are a really really deep team. You know, they can go eight or nine deep, even ten deep. They need to, of course, the playoffs. You, you only play so many guys. Your starters play basically play a bulk of minutes, but. You know, if Davis goes down, uh, you know, I don't want that to happen, but if it does, if Davis is out for whatever reason, if LeBron's out for whatever reason, the Lakers are going to be in pretty severe trouble. Like, I don't want to bet against LeBron either, but at some point, it's like, well, who's his second best player on the team besides Davis? That It's a lot of role players and not a lot of guys that can basically do things on their own, and then, you know, LeBron's going to be basically like, uh, like he was with the Cavs a few years ago, so... Uh, the losing teams when, you know, Love and Kyrie were out and they lost like 4-2 or something like that. But do uh, ex- you want to expand as far as the Clippers? I know you kind of mentioned Philadelphia as well as kind of one of your darts. And uh, is that sort of embracing chaos or maybe just betting on Philadelphia, like getting it right and figuring it out? Because this is a team coming into the year that was one of the favorites there in the East. And, you know, they disappointed, let's say that. They, I mean, in the East, I think they're a six seed right now. Doesn't really matter. Just get to the playoffs and then figure it out and kind of peak then. And as far as just talent, not many more teams, especially in the East, have as much talent as Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, and they have some depth. I mean, one of the biggest things that we have to consider with this NBA format is some people are going to get Corona, and some people are going to get it beforehand, like Westbrook got news of today. Like, And we don't know what the lasting effects are. Like with COVID, it, you can easily have like respiratory problems for lingering for weeks in basketball. Like baseball, it's not going to have affect you a ton and you'll be a little bit weaker but basketball when you're running up and down the court and playing 35 minutes a game a team like Toronto if any of their main players end up getting it and that's going to probably take a huge hit for them so like just kind of looking at the teams with a little bit more depth with a little bit more options like 76ers have guys that can take over um different spots that they need to but I mean the biggest thing is they didn't really figure out how to like how to play together too well. They don't have guys that can really create too many shots. So they've now have four months more to kind of figure out how they should be doing these things. And granted, they haven't been able to work together too much, but it's something they realized when the season was shut down, they're like, Hey, we have to work on this. So there's always a chance, like everyone else in the East, like I don't expect a ton out of Miami, the Pacers. I'm not expecting a ton out of the Nets, like aren't going to do anything. The Wizards are not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> And the Magic, like, ha- the, the the four teams I could see doing anything in the East are the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, and the 76ers. And honestly, like, the 76ers have enough talent just to get it done somehow in the playoffs. Plus, they had a few injuries throughout the course of the season. They should have reseeded. I know this is not the point of the podcast, but, like, the idea that Brooklyn and Orlando are going to make the playoffs – 
and uh, you know Memphis and Portland and New Orleans, only one of those guys makes it. Come on, what are we, what are we doing here? Let's race it. Let's have some fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Nets are just a free free square for whoever plays them. Yeah, and that's a whole other DFS conversation that we had off air as well too. Like Milwaukee, and they're up by seven games up on Toronto. Uh, you know, whoever they play in the first round, it's going to be a cakewalk, and they have no incentive to play their guys the first eight games either. Just kind of get in playing shape and just rest, rest a bunch of dudes, and uh, the minutes are going to be all over the place. To, I'm, it's going to be wild as far as Milwaukee, but my general oh, it's going as as to be fun, cons- like depending on where they're playing at in the day, because any given day. <laughs> Bledsoe, Middleton, Giannis can sit. And then that just makes the other guys just automatically. So planning things out are going to be hugely profitable. So like you say that, and first of all, you mean you have a different definition of fun because I don't think that's going to be fun. It might be, depending on if you land in the right place. Look, uh, I've been waiting to work for months. I'm absolutely <laughs> ready to be stuck to my couch for 10 hours in a night. So here's the thing, though. Like, they can rest three players and still play, you know, 13 guys and everybody gets 27 minutes. Like, that's another thing they could do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, so I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out. We will figure it out. Or we'll be disgruntled. And, and, uh, but, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we can figure it out and still be disgruntled. They're, they're not mutually exclusive. That's, that feels like a package deal in the most likely scenario for sure. Um but yeah, Philadelphia uh, right now in the book is currently uh, I'm scrolling uh, tw- twenty eight to one. Uh, I think they're nine to one to win the East. For what it's worth, a twenty eight to one you can hedge out of nothing else. I imagine. I think I assume you can hedge out at twenty eight to one. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, we got Denver at twenty five to one. What do you think of uh, well, Jokic of course had had COVID. Um, you know, he looks skinnier as well. Yeah, I guarantee it did did miracles for him. Well, that, it's funny because I was talking to Nicole about this, that Denver fan, and she was suggesting, like, maybe maybe it's a negative, just his size, because he used his girth, he used his body. You know, he's not a guy that, like, is known for to be – he's not going to be distinctly faster, right? So he used his body to get all his boards for positioning and things like that. So I mean, he did to an extent, him. but he also had trouble getting up and down the floor for a large portion of the season. That, that's an interesting way of looking at it, too. So it's – So um, it's a six-month break. I'm not really expecting – Joker to be in great shape and you look at him and he looks in pretty good shape. Yeah. And again, like we don't know, I don't want to, I don't feel comfortable speculating how it's going to affect that. It. It's probably going to be different for each player. And you mentioned the Pacers. Uh, Brogdon is not back yet. I don't believe, but I suspect, I think he's supposed to come back. They talked about, he had a uh, COVID as well. Uh, Oladipo was out. And now today, I'm not sure if you saw it. They're saying he's questionable yeah. now. There's a report. He may come back. Uh, I don't think it matters from like a gambling perspective. I don't think Indiana's in play. And that's what it sounded like you said as well too. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not betting on it. Even at 33 to one to win the Eastern Conference, I, I still don't really expect too much out of them. Yeah, my, you, you kind of my Miami Heat kind of threw them away. For what it's worth, they had the hardest strength of schedule. Uh, and again, the, these things don't matter too much because a lot of the strength of schedule positions... doesn't matter for the Heat during the regular season. <laughs> well, oh, you're talking like the basically teams flying in and they have the the Miami the South Beach flu, is what they call it. No, I was I was talking about the Heat are in the playoffs. Like the 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 East Conf, the Eastern Conference is set. The Wizards are not making it. They don't. I think Beal already said he's out, right? Yeah, Beal is. But I'm just talking about like jockeying for position. But like you said, they're almost. It's like four and five. There's no difference, right? <laughs> I guess Philadelphia is probably yeah. gonna jump Indiana. Maybe we get a Miami Philadelphia first round. That could be fun. Uh, as a Heat fan, we're gonna lose most likely, but sure, it'll be entertaining if nothing else. Um, you know what's weird about Philadelphia is, you know, everybody talked about their home road splits this year. They were 29-2 and two at home. 
which is amazing, and 10 and 24 in the road. What are they in Orlando? <laughs> What's their Orlando splits? Uh, <laughs> Probably winning, I assume. I don't know. I don't, I, I can't remember. I, I remember I used to look at a lot. It's been months, but I used to look at a lot of home road splits. And yeah, Miami was one of the more interesting ones last year and then entirely switched this year. Miami 27 and five at home this year, of course, uh, especially when teams come in with an extra day to play in, uh, you know, in South Beach, uh, they tend to get sidetracked a little bit, which makes a lot of sense as well. And Miami's a, a fairly good team. They're just not good enough. Like I just, it's the, unless, re, unless you really want to embrace wonkiness, you really want to embrace chaos. And like the only team that kind of survives uh, a trickle down effect of some real wackiness, like Giannis is out for whatever reason, and maybe Pascal Siakam as well and Tatum too, or something like that. But I suppose there's a scenario uh, what about Boston? We, we skipped over the Celtics. You mentioned in passing. As far as the odds on Boston, we're looking at uh, to win the title 17 to 1. As far as the actual conference, Boston is 7 to 1. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think I'd rather go with the conference. Like, I think they have a better shot at being the Bucks than they do at being the Clippers or the Lakers. So, I mean, it's not quite the same odds, but like, I think that both Toronto, well, less so Toronto with covid uh put in there just because of all the amount of minutes they have to play like something goes around and they're just done for um but like boston i i, I could easily see them being the bucks in the playoffs like i could see a few teams being the bucks in the playoffs even though they've been great this year and now they're coming in fully rested and healthy like i'd say boston's probably my favorite there uh for to get the conference leader um just because like the difference between Boston, Toronto, Miami, when it comes to winning the conference, like Boston, it's the same as uh, Toronto and then only plus 200 more than uh, Philly. But you look at the actual conference winner and Boston's plus 1,700, Toronto's plus 2,200, and Philly's plus 2,800. So you're getting a lot more value at the conference yeah. winner than you are getting it for the champion winner. I mean, realistically, they're going to be a odds-on uh, dog probably at plus 180 going up against the Lakers or the Clippers, so you're probably better off betting Boston to be the conference winner and then betting Boston to beat the Clippers money line with all that. And if you parlay it like that, like I, I know a lot of people have talked about that a lot of times before, like just not actually taking the futures lines, going with rather like betting on them to win the series each time. Yeah. Because you can often find a whole lot more value, which is why I generally don't do futures a whole lot. I just basically bet on the onset of the – uh, series. And so I think that's a better way to do it with the Celtics. Like I think plus 700 still offers a decent amount of value uh, for the conference, but seven plus 1700 probably doesn't offer a ton of value for the overall championship, especially with the uncertainty that Corona has. And that's another one of those teams that are, are kind of a national team. You can make that argument, I suppose too, but you're right. Seven to one versus nine to one, like, you know, Boston versus Philly. And then you jump to the title 17 to one versus 28 to one. That number expands greatly. So you're much better off than taking Boston, probably at 7-1 just to win Eastern Conference. Um, you, you mentioned, like, a bet, betting the, uh, you know, uh, the, the matchups, right? And let's say you like the team. Let's say you like Miami and they're playing against Philadelphia. Do you like to sit there and wait for, like, Miami and, like, hope Miami loses game one so you can get, like, a great odds, uh, you know, your way for game two going forward? Like, the, I mean, the entire it, contest, the entire, uh, you know, bracket, I guess you could say. I mean, I feel like in the past that's largely been uh, based off of, like, who's home for game one, like, because <laughs> yeah. you, you lose a home or you lose a road game. Like you're, the odds are still going to change pretty drastically, but it's also something you kind of expected. Whereas with this, like there's no home road splits, like 
it, it doesn't really make too like no game no team has a home away edge the first few games like a team like the 76ers they have their first game on the road they're most likely going to lose it they just have to take one on the road and they're so dominant at home that they still probably you're better off betting after the first game but like with the bubble and everything it's really not offering you a distinct advantage to kind of wait in that scenario for this I don't know why I couldn't figure out the term matchup. I'm saying bracket. Well, why, why couldn't I figure out like the concept of two teams playing each other at best of seven? I guess I'm all rusty or something like that, Grant. Uh, it's almost like we haven't seen sports in months. <laughs> I'm not making any excuses. If uh, you're gonna, yeah, if you're going to bet on the Bucks, you just bet on them at plus 250 win championship, although I'm not a huge fan of it, just if you're in belief that they will not crumble a little bit like they did last year and they are legitimately the best team as their record would suggest then you bet on the Bucks to win the championship, but you I don't think you bet on them to win the conference. I like Boston seven to one and I like Philadelphia uh twenty eight to one to win the uh the whole the whole deal. Uh Milwaukee, I just don't like with you one sixty seven minus one sixty seven to win the conference. Yeah. Eh, not not exciting. I wouldn't uh, even give them a full toss up to win the conference. You wouldn't take even odds. I mean I probably would take even odds, but yeah. I mean I guess uh, the main thing is they're either going through like Toronto and Boston are going to play each other in the semi conference semifinals. Milwaukee is going to get Miami or the 76ers. Probably the 76ers, but who knows? We'll see. Um, yeah. I mean, it's probably going to come down to Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto versus either Miami or Philadelphia. Did I say that correctly? No, I didn't. Yeah. never mind. doesn't matter. We'll move on. <laughs> I think you what said about any it. of the any interest in any of the Eastern Co- or the Western Conference guys outside of the LA teams? Like the Rockets in there plus seven hundred. I don't think that offers quite enough value there. I mean, they can beat pretty much any team just the way they play basketball. They can beat or lose to any team. Like they can lose to the Thunder. They can lose to anyone. Like Dallas has been playing was playing great basketball when they had both Luca and Porzingis on the floor, and Porzingis really came together this second half of the season once he was a little bit healthier and he learned to play a little bit better with Luca, I mean, plus 1400 though. I'm, I'm all right with that. Just not great. The nuggets like 1200 seems like a decent line for how deep they are and how good of a team they are. And considering how much trouble they had when they had all those injuries for weeks. And you had guys like, I can't even remember his name point guard. We had a, we had a conversation about this. I did Murray. Uh, it wasn't even Murray. Murray wasn't playing. Like they, they, they were down a ton of guys early February. Um, so like they're, they were playing great basketball when everyone's together and they play great defensively when they're in a healthy group, but plus 1200, I think a large amount of Denver's advantage is the fact that they play in high altitude. So playing over in Miami conditioning is really not that much of an advantage for them anymore. Yeah. For what it's worth, I saw a note before we started recording that MPJ is not there just yet. Not in Orlando, just have for whatever reason and same thing with uh, Gary Harris, I believe. Uh, Gary Harris, boy, what happened to that dude? Like, it feels like he's regressed for multiple years. I, he had a leg injury. Maybe he hasn't fully recovered from that. Not really sure what's going on there. But I wonder uh, if they'll actually play MPJ a little bit more during this time. Like, just get it. He's obviously more recovered after an extra four months. I have to assume someone his age stuck inside is probably just going to practice a whole lot, realizing he probably needs to play for a big contract after this. And this is a perfect spot for him to do it. So, I mean – Denver still though at twelve to one to win the Western Conference. I I don't know if I'm gonna go with that. Saw this pre-show as well too of Philadelphia reporting that uh, Ben Simmons is gonna play a bunch of four apparently. 
Uh, I don't know. I, maybe that hurts a guy like Horford, I suppose. Uh, I'm always curious. Well, Horford to see was they... coming off the bench for a while. Like I, that, that, that was basically how the rotation went. Yeah, but I, and I think he said, uh, I want to say there was, he said he wasn't feeling healthy. There's some kind of comment that came out basically explaining why he's been terrible. Uh, I don't know if he's uh, improved. It's worth noting. We'll kind of dig into that as DFS creeps up. And uh, I can't really say what exactly, uh, you know, Horford feels like a guy that's on the back end of his career, still pretty solid, but just not as good as he used to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, plus like uh, he was doing great off the second unit. He was like, they need to have a little bit more depth. Shake Melton came in and actually performed pretty well. They needed someone in there who could actually create their own shot. Like Shake probably helps out, especially with Horford coming off the, bench and then Richardson was just all over the place and couldn't shoot at all um, plus they don't really need that much height in the starting unit so having Horford off the bench there is probably not the worst idea in the world and playing Simmons at the four not a terrible idea by the way can I just throw this one out here uh, this is opening night New Orleans versus Utah do you know what the line is in this game uh what was it Utah plus four and a half uh, now they're plus two and a half, and I think it's moved. Uh, I want to say New Orleans is like minus one and a half, minus two earlier. Now it's minus two and a half. But look, uh, I'm sticking to the narrative that uh, they want New Orleans to win this game. Utah, they've lost Bogdanovich. Uh, Gobert and Mitchell clearly don't seem to like each other or get along, or however you want to say it. But I, think I don't think Orleans much of the NBA likes Gobert right now, considering. He, well, that's, that's a whole weird – it's worth talking about. It's so odd because you can kind of – intentionally, unintentionally – Maybe he saved lives. You could make that argument too, right? Like yeah. He started the whole – maybe he had a stupidity. He was just clowning around having fun. Like, I don't think he was intentionally trying to infect people, you know. But uh, it's a whole other conversation. But, like, you could spit it and I say – I mean – Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people were really stupid back then. Um, yeah, he was touching on the microphones, obviously. And, just kind of, and like, the, the room laughed for what it's worth. Like, the media room yeah. thought that was funny. But I guess maybe that's just, like, an awkward laugh. I don't know. We're getting sidetracked. Uh, the point is, uh, <laughs> New Orleans on opening night, Grant, they're going to beat Utah. That's the first game out the gate. The very, they're featuring the Utah Jazz? No, they're featuring the New Orleans Pelicans and Zion and Drew and Lonzo. I like the Pelicans minus two and a half. And Ingram and Favors. Don't forget everyone. Ingram was playing. I didn't want to keep Ingram was playing better basketball than Lonzo was. Well, I mean, he's a big name, though, Lonzo. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just throwing the bet out there. I, I don't know. I, I like I like the, uh, New Orleans minus two and a half. Yeah, I almost I almost threw that bet down too, but I don't Do, know. Uh, still got plenty of time. The Clippers and the Lakers. The problem with this, it's the back half of the doubleheader and opening night. The problem with this is the game doesn't matter. <laughs> I guess yeah. what matter it matters more to the Clippers, I suppose, because they're still battling for the two spot. But the Lakers are, what, five games up on the Clippers? They're not going to lose five games in an eight-game stretch. Like, that's just not going to happen. I mean, you know, outside of something really, really goofy, which I suppose is possible, but you know what I mean. So you say, you say that the Clippers are still fighting for seeding. But let's be honest. It doesn't matter if they're the two or the three seed. They don't care. Yeah, because they don't know if they're going to play Houston or Dallas or OKC. I mean, Yeah, they just don't want to play the Lakers um, before the championship. So, so, yeah, it's a weird one. Like, do you think coaches will try to, like, run their best rotations there? It's the first game back, and it's a weird – I don't know how that's going to work. I want to – we need to hear some, hear some uh, coach speak on that one. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't think, like – I don't think the Clippers, like, a team that's notorious for not playing their starters <laughs> and a team that has tons of depth and can still, like, 
without Kawhi or Paul George beat most teams. Yeah, uh, and we've seen stretches this year with George. Like, they babied him and, like, played him, like, 27 minutes, 26 minutes. And that was more when he you... first came out, and then they started, like, playing him almost 30 and still resting him yeah. fairly often. They've had a lot of blowouts, too, and Doc is one of those guys. He's, he doesn't have, like, that sweep-the-leg D'Antoni mentality where he doesn't take Harden out to, like, the last whistle with, like, three minutes to go, and they're by 37 points or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so let's clean up our thoughts here as far as the futures. Uh, Western Conference. Do you want the actual Western Conference? Or do you want to talk about the title? Uh, I mean, the actual Western. I, I, I mean, even the title. Like, I, I just don't know if there's anyone I really want to bet on outside of the Clippers or even the Lakers. Like, I mean, we look at it. I'm Dallas. Maybe at forty to one is not the worst idea in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but Houston at plus twelve hundred. To win, like I, I think they have the best shot at beating the Lakers or the Clippers or both, but it's just not a bet I really want to make. It just doesn't seem worth it. Have them having to get lucky versus both the Lakers and the Clippers, I don't know if that's going to entirely happen. I mentioned this qualifier earlier in the show about Harden. I'm, I'm uh, hard at work here on the Twitter machine, and apparently, at least somebody's debunking and saying that that's not true about him having Corona. Which again, I didn't. The source wasn't great either, so that's why I put the asterisk by it. Uh, as of right now, it does not look like uh, Harden has. I'm not going to be surprised if Harden's picked up a lot of viruses over the years, but <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not fully uh, convinced that he has. How do you run. think, out of curiosity, what would be your best guess on how we would have acquired those? Um, I, would, I would guess that it was probably an exotic dance club, I think yeah. is what they're called. Gentlemen, Funny, funniest thing throughout Corona was there's a place out here right in a Target parking lot that is one of those places and there are like seven virus free stages. I'm like, maybe coronavirus, but not other ones. This is at a target uh, parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, strangely enough. And it's the only place you can drink after 2 AM in Denver. Okay. Well, I mean, if ever I'm in town, I'll, I'll yelp it. You got, you got a couch I can crash on. Yeah. Um, but you're gonna have to shower after you go there. Well, I mean, why would I not shower? I don't know. <laughs> you think that's like a deal breaker for me? Like, well, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just letting you know. Although I don't know if I'd trust my couch. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, and final thoughts as far as basketball before we pivot over to baseball. Um, you know, it's I, I I was hoping for some wonkiness. I was hoping for some random darts, and I don't know, man. You're, you're giving me the you're giving me the Clippers. We talked Boston a little bit when when the East. You're not embracing chaos, the possibility of chaos at least. I mean, the main thing is, like, I don't want to do the Lakers because if they lose LeBron, they're done. They're, they're not making it. Like, sure. Not a chance. If the Clippers lose PG or Kawhi, I still think they got a shot. And then, I mean, my main thing is, like, to probably stay away from Toronto with how much they play their guys. Because we don't know if any of them had Corona. We don't know if there's any lasting side effects. We don't – if any of them do get Corona, that's a huge amount of minutes that they have to get rid of. Whereas the Celtics have a bit more depth and, like, they have – they have Brown, they have Tatum, they have Hayward, who's probably going to be a bit more healthy now. They have Smart, they have a lot of guys that can take over a lot of minutes. And they have Smart had Corona, time. right? Am I making that up? I feel like that happened. I think he had Corona, but I think he was one of those guys. So the biggest thing, I'm not a doctor. This is not doctor advice, although I know far too many doctors. Um, like the ones that are typically asymptomatic, don't really experience and don't have any underlying conditions, 
are more likely to not have any lasting effects. Whereas guys like Von Miller is still feeling it because he has asthma. Um, so a lot of asymptomatic people doesn't really affect them, but the guys that are like, yeah, no, I do not feel great. So like go bear who was vomiting on the sidelines and having trouble breathing. Um, probably not a guy that you can trust to have fully recovered if he would have gotten it recently. Uh, Kemba Walker expected back, but they did talk about it possibly as minutes being limited early. I forgot uh, he played for the Celtics. Man, it's <laughs> I'm like, he I'm is. missing someone in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't think it matters. Again, like, just as long as he's, quote, unquote, he's fine after the eight games, the playoff start. Like, he's a guy that'll just kind of get in playing shape, I assume, and it's not a big deal. And jockeying for position there in the East is not that much of a, you know, uh, probably going to get the three spot, um, you know, and we'll see. Maybe a face uh, – well, I'm not going to speculate on that necessarily, but the, uh, we would talk about this in pre-show. The best games, as far as actual games to watch, will be like two through seven, like three through seven in the West. Denver, Utah, OKC, Houston, Dallas, they're all within what, three games of each other. Uh, that, that's going to be a lot yeah, of fun to watch. Do you think the Thunder or the Jazz have a shot at all? No. I mean, something really – unless we have a bunch of cases – uh, but no, like, I mean, a, a realistic shot outside of extreme wonkiness. Those are my two least favorite teams under the assumption that New Orleans gets the eighth spot. Who do you think is more assumption. likely if the Pelicans get in, who do you think is more likely to make it to the championship? The Pelicans, the Jazz or the Thunder? Well, the problem is the Pelicans face the Lakers. So they're the problem down. is that um, the way the bracket works, everyone has to face either the Lakers, the Clippers or both. Yeah. So the Pelicans just happened to be doing it earlier. Yeah. I mean, if you have to face them, you never know what you're going to get in the first round, I suppose, where teams aren't necessarily all finally tuned up. And I think that – isn't that how it goes? Like the bracket is actually a set bracket like March Madness and not you just play the next closest seed? Are they? I, I don't think they're reseeded. This is something I feel like we should know. But I don't I'm, I'm they fairly certain they're not. I'm fairly certain that they are not reseeded like in football. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But, like, I, yeah, Utah, I'm not buying Utah. No Bogdanovich, and, like, that team chemistry is whatever. And that team also is one of those teams that's, I don't know, they're 41-23, and 23, but I, I never totally bought them. Uh, OKC feels like a team that uh, has tremendously just, you know, been outplayed their, their talent. You know, SGA's had a pretty good season. Chris Paul's 35-year-old point guard. Uh, you know, he caught a fish today, apparently. Good for him. But uh, Impressive. <laughs> I saw like Instagram or Twitter or something like that. I thought uh, about learning how or starting to fish during quarantine. And then, I don't you know, know fish. It's, I it's, didn't. Yeah. You I look mean, like a guy that was at a fish though. I would, I would oh, believe yeah. you know how to fish. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm not a great fisher. I don't have the patience. <laughs> I just end up sitting in the boat and drinking beer, which is <laughs> guaranteed way to take a nap when you get back at like 10 in the morning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Those are like two of my least. OKC and Utah outside. I mean, I'd much rather play on Houston and play on that three-point variance where they can beat anybody if the three-pointers are falling their way. Uh, Dallas, at least they have two studs, you know. Uh, so I, I prefer Dallas over Utah and OKC as well, despite whatever they, uh, they're currently in the seventh spot. But, again, we already talked about that. It doesn't really matter so much. And New Orleans, I think they would give the Lakers a battle. I'll say that. Like, they'll steal a game or two. I, 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 I'm honestly still, like, not going to be surprised if New Orleans ends up beating the Lakers. And the other part is, again, it's 3-1 to one for Rollins even get in, for what it's worth. Like, yeah. It might be Memphis. If it's Memphis, the Lakers are beating Memphis. I love yeah, Triple I'm, J. I'm giving happening. Memphis no shot. Whereas, Zero chance. 
Yeah, whereas the Pelicans, like, their record does not reflect how good they are because of all the injuries they've had. Like, the Pelicans healthy, I would put well above the Jazz or the Thunder. I would give Portland a better chance than Memphis to beat the Lakers. Oh, yeah. But, like, that's still not very high. That's not saying much. Well, they also had uh, a lot of injuries, too. Plus, they had, at one point, Melo was taking the majority of their shots which is never a good sign. Is that a bad strategy? <laughs> I've heard it's not great. The dodgeball announcers are like, uh, what's, what's the uh, bold strategy? Cotton? That's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off. <laughs> they, again, they are getting back, uh, and they're talking about – I heard speculation. Are they going to play Whiteside alongside uh, Nurkic or Collins as well? It's going to be weird how they, those big man rotation there for Portland. I can't imagine, three. like, with even Nurk coming back, I can't imagine playing more than 20 minutes. No, he's a, he's a big dude coming back from a terrible injury. Yeah. I wouldn't think they'd run him to the ground. But, like, you know, if nothing else, that's depth to that team. And Collins yeah. as well. But uh, g- give me your final thoughts on basketball before we throw some baseball stuff out there. Boston to win the Eastern Conf- Conference. Clippers to win the championship. If you really want to throw a dart, I mean, I've got nothing. Like, just be cognizant of team depth because Corona can throw a wrench in every single team's plans outside of a few that just have a bunch of depth. Yeah, that's why we like that's why we like the Clippers. That's one of the big reasons why I like the Clippers. And yeah, why I like the Clippers and why I like Boston. Yeah, and the Clippers can sustain a loss to, to Paul George much quicker or much easier, I guess you can say, than the Lakers can sustain a loss to LeBron or Davis. And that's yeah. just that's why I don't get that line. And I know you explained as to where it's at because the Lakers are this public team. And there's probably a bunch of money on them from the beginning of the year when people were speculating about Davis coming over and all that. I would imagine it has something to do with it as well, too. But, all right, let's jump over, jump over and talk some baseball. We did talk baseball yesterday at Cardi from Vegas' perspective as well, too, at the end of that podcast, if you guys are interested in hearing it. Uh, let's see, MVP, Cy Young, home run leader. Let's talk MVP first. Let's jump in the American League. Uh, Mike Trout at 2-1. to one. We, we hated that number. Uh, for it's multiple- so terrible. <laughs> Go on, tell me why it's terrible. Well, first of all, we talked about this earlier. He's popping out a kid. I don't know oh, exact. A proxy. Huh? His wife is popping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this isn't Junior. <laughs> okay. Fantastic movie, by the way. <laughs> I know you like DeVito. So I mean, you, you get the <laughs> also a big Arnold fan. But yeah, like Trout is not a guy that, like, first of all, 40 of the 60 games are being played within your own division. And so they have to play against Oakland. Not a great stadium to play in. Seattle especially at this time of year, not a great stadium to play in because it's like, it's going to go all the way, what, until the end of September. And I mean, Seattle's beautiful, but it's not the best hitting environment, although it's decent for home runs. Um, like at Houston, not the best stadium, although who knows if they're going to have the dome open or closed uh, <laughs> because that's another thing we have to realize. Like we don't know what States are going to allow people in. So we don't know if the like, I assume if people are allowed in, they're probably going to be more apt to leave the dome open just because that'll help prevent the spread. Although, who knows? I don't. I'm, I'm not a scientist. But, like, just off the top of my head, those are things I have to worry about. So, Mike Trout's not going to be playing in great parks. He may be the best player, but he's not going to be playing in great parks just because he's playing so much of the year in his own division. Um, so, like, for MVP, Trout at plus 200 when he may miss anywhere from 3 to 12 games. To 60. Yeah. Like, he still might not play. Yeah, so Trout at plus 200. Like, any 60-game sample size, 
there's 20 to 30 different people that can actually win the MVP. Like you take different 60 game sample sizes last year and almost 80% of them trouts not winning MVP. And so you look at the guys that can definitely get hot, the guys that can definitely go on a tear over a small sample size. Like we know Jose Ramirez is a guy that started off terrible last year and then he went on a bit, bit of a heater. He's a guy that can go just absolutely out of his mind for a short period of time. He's not a guy that I hate at 25 to one. A guy like Chapman who gets so much done on the defensive end, I'd think about it a little bit more if it weren't for that same division problem that we have. Um, I mean, honestly, J.D. Martinez potentially, but I mean, he's not really fielding and I don't know if I want to go with him. Like my favorite, even though he plays in his park, is probably Otani at plus 3,000. Like the guy's going to be, he's one of the better hitters in the league. Before he got injured, he was one of the better pitchers in the league. And he's had just enough time where Tommy John should be almost entirely healed. Like he doesn't have a whole lot of practice going on, but he's reported, I'm assuming, um, if I remember correctly. And like some guys come back from Tommy John's actually better because their UCL is actually stronger. So Otani playing both ways, like they can probably play him a little bit more because of the way the schedule is this season. So Otani at 30 to one, I don't think is a terrible bet this year. I, uh, I made this argument yesterday to Cardi. Tell me what you think of it. Uh, well, first of all, uh, one argument, uh, the Astros have to be clearly the better players. If it's a tie, they're out. The Astros are not getting MVP, correct? I mean, sometimes that's the case. Like, but yeah, I mean, with Alvarez, with Bregman, with Altuve, with Springer, uh, it, it's unlikely that any of them end up with the MVP. Yeah, and this other argument was a 60-game season as opposed, to, as opposed to 162 games. 162 games you're going to see some eye-popping, like, season-long stats. You're going to see 48 homers with 140 RBIs and 110 runs and whatever, 310 batting average, whatever. Like, people still care about these things when it comes to awards and all that. Um, and a 60-game season, Grant, we're going to see, I don't know, 19 homers, 67 RBIs, uh, 60 runs. It's not going to be eye-popping, although, like, if you, like, mapped it out and, like, you, oh, you uh, – Yeah, you know, if, if you, you that multiply season, it by, what, 2.6 – then you're going to have some ridiculous numbers. Yes, but it's still like not jumping off the page, which is the counter argument. Uh, what might happen in a small sample, starting pitchers are going to pitch 12 times, maybe 13 times. And a 12-game sample, a starting pitcher like Garrett Cole could for real have an ERA of like 0.8. Like that's a thing that could happen. Uh, and if you see a 0.8 ERA, I know we don't have a big sample size of the pitchers getting MVPs. And of course, they have their own war with Cy Young, which we'll talk about in a second. But if it's going to happen, why can't it happen in this season? Uh, why can't Garrett Cole at 50 to 1, like, again, he had to be like basically perfect, more or less perfect. Uh, but you're getting 50 to 1 on it. And he only has to do it for 11 to 12 games, I suppose. The Yankees, in theory, uh, get into the, you know, the playoffs and all that, too. Uh, like, your small sample size, the pitching numbers, the point is, the pitching numbers have a better chance to pop as opposed to the hitting numbers. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's just the way it goes. And pitchers are obviously more likely to get injured throughout the course of the season for blisters or anything else that are short period of time injuries. So it's always possible that a guy like Cole, like a guy like Verlander, a guy like any of these guys end up uh, pitching a little bit more than they should. Plus, like, in a shortened season where every game counts more, I would assume that a lot of teams with bad bullpens 
are going to allow their pitchers to go a little bit deeper than they normally would because they're also not going to have as much accumulated wear and tear throughout the course of the season. Cole, probably not as much because Yankees have a great bullpen, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. Um, but I don't know. I'm trying to look through these odds. So what's going to happen, Grant? We're having a rosters in the first two weeks of the season. Uh, I believe it's to the 15th, I want to say. Maybe it's three weeks into the season. Whatever it is, they're, start, they're starting off with – oh, man, did I have it reversed now? I think they start with 30. Is that correct? They start with 30 men. Uh, okay, roster size this season will start at 30 players until the 15th day of the season, then move to 28 players until the 28th day, and then 26 players for the remainder of the season. So I think we're going to see uh, at least the three, four, and five in the rotation, that, then getting the hook kind of early because there's going to be plenty of bullpen arms. I guess that's what's going to happen here. Not I mean, so yes and no. Like I think in the AL, it probably is going to be, but remember we have the universal DH now, so there's yeah. not going to be nearly as many swaps. So a guy in the AL who gets continually swapped out for uh, a hitter, like depending on where it's at in the game, a guy like Max Scherzer uh, who continually, like they, ver- they didn't do it a ton, especially since they had terrible bullpen, but he could be in for an extra, what, 10% of innings. And again, that's across the board in the NL, so it's a little bit different. But uh, pitchers that tend to get – Dodgers pitchers, for instance, <laughs> probably get a pretty big bump. Oh, yeah. My argument is for the front-end pitchers. The back-end pitchers, I think, get the hook quicker. But the front-end pitchers become that much more elite. And that, I mean, isn't it a 25-man roster, and aren't they able to call up new arms all the time? Okay, so it's a 30-man roster. Until the 15th day of the season, then it moves to a 28-player roster on the 20 after the 20th day, and then it becomes a 26-player roster for the rest of the season. And I'd assume most of those guys, I'm guessing, are mostly arms. I, and I don't know how quickly they can move them up and move them down. Like this guy's fresh, this guy's not fresh. Move them down. I don't. I don't even know if they've even outlined that yet. But my guess is, it, it's going to doing. It's going to accentuate how much better the Coles and the Scherzers of the world are than the fours and the fives. And they're going to separate even that much more. Yeah. But even that like hitters can go on massive streaks. Like, I mean, you look at two weeks into the season and you'll see a guy like, I don't know, Preston Wilson back in 2008 Preston Wilson was leading the league in RBIs by like 20. Oh, he had like a, what, 140 or maybe 160 in college? Yeah, he led that year, but he started off the season like four home run lead and I think 15 RBIs up on the next closest person 30 games into the season. We see it every single year. Like I remember what was Luis Gonzalez was known for being great the first half of the season, terrible the second half of the season. So you can get these guys with first half stats that are like mind-blowing pace. Like Reese Hoskins, uh, rookie year. 50 games, 20 home runs. Like that's so in a 60 game season, we can assume that he'd have what a 20% or 19% increase, which would be close to 24. Well, he's got, he's fallen back. I mean, obviously, maybe pitchers adjusted to him and their power is still there, but I mean, he also waited on a few more pitches and he had a change to his swing over the offseason. You know, I love me some Reese's pieces. I know. <laughs> We're not even on the NL yet, and you're still talking. You're already talking Reese Hoskins. Uh, Boomstick Nelly Cruz is 125 to one. That was the one we talked about. That was kind of interesting. The problem is like the people who vote on MVP probably take into account defense a little bit more. I mean, when was the last time we saw DH win MVP? Uh, David Ortiz, maybe. I don't know. I'm guessing. I don't follow these things very well. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I think it was like David Ortiz and maybe Edgar Martinez back in the early 2000s. He was awesome. 
Uh, yeah. well, th there has been a precedent set as far as pitchers. We talked about this before the show as well, too. Pitchers winning the, uh, the MVP, Dennis Eckertsy did it, Clemens did it, and there was somebody else. Was it Verlander? There was some other guy that recently, not too long ago. There was Clemens, Verlander, and Eckersley, and then that was the every single one of them since 2000 or since 1986, and then Kershaw came close with a 1.7 ERA in 2014. Yeah, but I, I, I'm just opening up to the possibility of the possibility. And, again, 80-1 to 1 on Verlander. Uh, Verlander can absolutely have a 0.8, 0 .90 ERA after 12 games. Uh, and are they and, using juice balls again? Well, we don't know. That's, not That's something. the thing. They, if they're not using they juice balls. <laughs> they, they don't publicly announce. Like, just, just so everybody knows, uh, the ball is juice this year. They yeah, do. well, I'm saying if they don't end up using it, then Verlander, biggest problem was home runs. He probably is one mm -hmm. of the biggest beneficiaries because of his high fly ball rate. Uh, Jose Ramirez, 25 to one. Anything else kind of sort of somewhat interesting here? Gallo, I, I saw a few decent ones. Um, oh, Meadows at 66 to one is kind of interesting. Yeah, Meadows is definitely a good one to consider there. Uh, Sano, I know that he hasn't done great recently, but the dude still just hits bombs. Corona as well, but I mean, we don't know. Assuming he's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think it's far enough ahead of time, and I haven't, like, it, I, I'd look, before I place a bet, I'd look more into it. Um, but he wouldn't be a bad one. Looking at a lot of the guys in the Yankees division, because you're playing in Boston, you're playing in New York, and you're playing in Toronto and Baltimore. Like, that's the best when they 66% of their games are being played in good ballparks. I feel like I'm missing one team there Toronto, Boston, New York, Orioles. Uh, Rays, Rays are, are the Rays are terrible schedule. I know it's more about the park and the fact that they're going to be playing the Orioles pitching. A whole lot is going to be fairly advantageous, although there's some decent pitching in the rest of the uh, division. But like looking at guys in that division is probably not the worst idea in the world. And I mean, any one of them can end up making the wild card or not. But like just looking at guys that can get on a real heater. I mean, Judge first 50 games in the league was just crushing it. So playing in bit good ballparks is going to be very advantageous. You're betting on health. You're talking about those Yankee guys, right? Judge and, and Stanton. You yeah, which it. health is less of a concern over 60 games than it is over 162 games. We should say for what it's worth, Cardi, uh, the bat out there talking about the teams that benefit most based upon the 60-game schedule. Uh, it's the, a lot of the central teams. Uh, the Reds are, are, have a big benefit. The Cardinals, the Cubs, the Indians, the Twins, which makes a lot of sense as well, too, picking on some terrible teams there. Uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, as far as the teams that are hurt the most, uh, I'm segueing here. I'm stalling because I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, well, I don't have it up in front of me. <laughs> I, I failed the listeners. Do you happen to have that in front of you or no? Probably What'd not. What did you just ask? The teams that uh, the 60-game schedule hurts the most. I think Baltimore is one of the teams that hurts the most. Yeah, well, I'm not From really... a winning perspective, yeah. Yeah, I'm not really uh, betting on Baltimore to make the playoffs. <laughs> And, I mean, it, it seems like a pretty pretty bad team to bet on. I mean, look, uh, baseball variance is weird. It's a 60-game schedule. so I think It could it be a Chris Davis sample, hits an actual 50-home run year again. I think that happens every few years. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes out there and it's like six, 16 home runs or something like that. And that's like yeah. 190 or whatever. Who cares about that, right? Uh, let's talk about the uh, the MVP in the National League. Uh, Bats at plus 550. Bellinger plus 700. For what it's worth, Bellinger I saw today. Apparently, he changed his swing. I don't know why, but maybe he thinks he can improve it. It was already really good. Looks a little weird, but it gets the job done. Acuna, 9-1. to one. Arenado at 18-1. to one. Soto at 10-1. to one. Yelich at 7-1. to one. 
Uh, Harper, 18 to one. And he stop me if anything's going to, anything's going to do anything for you. Anything sort of jump out in, as, amongst those guys or you're more into the darts, like the long shots. Again, with Corona and any number of things that can happen, I'm probably a little bit more into the long shots, like. Reese Hoskins. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to wait to get to that, but Reese Hoskins is definitely uh, 66 to one. Like maybe this uh, swing change is going to be beneficial for him. I mean, we saw what he did at the beginning of the year. And I think there was one point where like the main thing with him is he takes way too many pitches, but uh, like he, if he's not being terribly patient, he can, he can just absolutely crush it. I, I I'm, I'm very, very jaded. Um, so I won't get too far into it, but Reese is a good one. Uh, Tatis can absolutely just hammer a whole bunch of, uh, whole bunch of balls out of the yard during a I think they have seven games in cores. I could be wrong, but I feel like they have seven games in cores field. They have seven games in cores and there's the potential that uh, Arizona is going to have the dome open uh, because of everything. Although with the way Arizona is going right now with cases, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if they weren't allowed to play in one there. But the problem is that he's still playing a lot of games in LA, San Francisco and in San Diego. So like that's, probably not the best place to be picking on someone um, or the best division to be picking on someone who's a batter. It's probably more beneficial for pitchers. Uh, they, but NL East, NL Central, NL West kind of is pretty much even like, it's only really the AL where that matters too much because like the AL East has a clear advantage over every other division because there's only one bad ballpark in the bunch and, the other four are four of the best places for hitters in the majors. I mean, I think Boston's number two, Toronto's number six, especially if the dome's open. Uh, Yankees is like number 10, I think. I think almost all of them are in the top 10, if I remember correctly. Um, but National League, like Coors Division, you still have the best – you have the best and the worst ballpark that you're playing a lot of games in. And El Central, most of them outside of the Wind and Wrigley and the Brewers – and Grim American Ball Smart Park are all fine, but yeah, then you have the Pi- Peco, not Peco, uh, Pirates Park. I can't even remember the name; it's been so long. Uh, that's, Sorry, I don't know that. Gosh, Siri's <laughs> just jumping in and cutting you off. Gosh, every time I hate her so much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then the NLEs like Shea or City Field, I guess. Shea, and what year are you in? It's been a while. <laughs> like Marlins, not great ballparks. Braves, Nationals are above average, and Phillies right near the middle. Like the the NL, every single division has fairly consistent ballparks, whereas the American League it's very different. So I don't look. I'm not looking too much into ballparks outside of like obviously the Rockies have a distinct advantage because they play half their games at home, but it's the same every single year. So I'm not looking into ballparks too much just because it kind of evens out over on the NL. So Tatis is a guy that I like. Machado, like, if he goes back to how he used to be, oh. he's always in consideration. Alonzo, especially the fact that Mets have one of the most favorable. Um, you want Whoever's going to win MVP, you want to have them make the playoffs because, what, who was the last guy to win MVP without making the playoffs? I think it was A-Rod with the Texans. Texas not Rangers. Texans, Texas Rangers. Gosh darn. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> Corona has not been great to me. Oh man. Oh man. Let's uh, let's let's pivot to the NL Cy Young. Uh, Degrom's the favorite at three and a half to one. Scherzer's four to one. Bueller, 
Bueller is eight to one. Uh, Flaherty as well is eight to one. Strass at twelve. Um, I don't know anybody there to kind of jump out for you. I think Darvish is kind of interesting at twenty to one. The way he closed the season last year was just really really impressive. Uh, a, a shortened season shouldn't hurt a guy like Paddock, who it kind of gets babied a little bit. So I thirty three to one. I don't mind that as a long shot. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit of a Trevor Bowers won me over with his with his Twitter game, just as a YouTube game. He's doing pretty good. I, I, you know, we we are wrong to like a lot of people got blocked by Trevor Bauer. It wasn't me. I don't, have you been blocked by Bauer, or you don't know? I have not been blocked by Bauer. Twenty to one, I'm Bauer. I don't mind that. Uh, do you like something chalky here? Or you like throwing some darts? Uh, I would probably like Degrom or Scherzer if it weren't a worry that one of them would like because any I want to go with the longer shots because of what can happen in a shortened season where anyone can get sick at any given time. So I'd like to go with the longer shots. Darvish, obviously, like you look at his full season numbers, they were good, but they weren't great. But he had a horrific walk rate for the first half of the season, then brought it all together. And he's a guy in the past that's shown some incredible stuff. So I like that call. At 20 to 1 there, I think that's definitely a good one to go with. The guys that I'm probably looking at most in the lower range are Kershaw and Bueller, just because the Dodgers, they always yank guys early. Like we – a guy like Scherzer, they'll just let play until the end. A guy like DeGrom, they'll let play for a really long time. And it's because they don't have great bullpens and they have plenty – and they don't have guys that they can really throw in too often to pinch hit for, whereas the Dodgers have, what, eight guys that they can throw in based on a lefty or righty matchup, and they've always done that. But with a universal DH, it's no longer the case. So Bueller and Kershaw would probably be the two chalkiest ones that I would want to go for because – they're probably right online with the or close to online with DeGrom and Scherzer. So I think that both of them are pretty decent guys to go with. It, it's so, hard yeah. to see a team running away with it, like in a 60 game sample, but I also have a hard time seeing Arizona, Colorado, San Diego, or San Fran threatening the Dodgers for that pennant. I mean, uh, it's, it's more about any one of them can end up with a wild card and in a 60 game season, anything kind of happened, but yeah, Dodgers are out of all the teams in baseball i would put i would more likely put money on the dodgers to win the playoffs than any other one because they have so so much depth in every single spot and just they're a drastically more talented team than pretty much any other one in the nl yeah i mean the problem with that of course uh you know everybody else knows that too currently the division odds on that it's going to be terrible i'm scrolling down to it right now the dodgers you want to take a guess at what the dodgers are right now to win the uh, uh the nl probably minus 250 Minus 715. That's a (laughs) terrible bet. Like 60 games, 60 games in the season last year. I think the Mariners were still one of the top teams in the league. Yeah. And I think I also think if I remember correctly, they won a bunch of one run games. They Um, they also were like, what a Jay, what's his name? Got traded to the Phillies afterwards. JJ Poots? Jay Buda? No. JJ Poots signed my shoe once. Um, (laughs) Well, there you uh, go. Jay Bruce. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was he was just knocking him out of the park every single day for no apparent reason. And then just that would be his only hits were home runs. Um, Padres yeah. plus 750, Diamondbacks plus 900, Rockies plus 30, 30 to 1, San Fran 80 to 1. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, are, are we switching from the I, – I don't really have I, I'm just, I'm just – I got curious. Once we talk I mean, I'm looking Rockies. through and there's like maybe Caleb Smith at 150 to 1 might be worth a shot. Uh, like the, but the Marlins aren't going anywhere. Yeah, that's that's kind of the problem. But you can still win. I mean, Cy Young isn't like MVP, like the best yeah. pitcher. Because, I mean, DeGrom has won 
a Cy Young being not even like Felix Hernandez won a Cy Young with barely a winning record. DeGrom won one with barely a winning record. So it's, it's not impossible for a pitcher to win the Cy Young with a terrible team, whereas MVP just doesn't happen with terrible teams. I mean, it's been Mike Trout and it's been A-Rod are the only guys that win MVPs when their teams don't win the playoffs. Or I, I got one. I got one that's uh, way off the board. We're off off reservation. Uh, Aramon Marquez is 66 to one. We've seen that guy have stretches, man. And then I understand pitchers are cores, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I mean, for what it's worth, reports are great as far as where he's at right now. I know everybody's in the greatest shape of their life, right? But reports are good on him. And I he's also a guy that's had some runs. He's gotten some stretches, you know, and we're just talking about 12 starts. I think he can give you a run of 12 really good starts at 66 to 1. 66 to 1, uh, it's worth a pinch. I don't mind that. And Woodruff had a pretty solid stretch last year. Um, I, I haven't looked into how he's feeling or anything like that right now, but he was showing some promise last year. And I think that he's potentially a guy that could make a run at 50 to 1. And one guy that I actually don't know if I mentioned at all who – um, sorry, from the AL Cy Young, I got, I obviously get distracted fairly often. Um, <laughs> or is it Montas? Well, we haven't talked about the AL just yet. We, we can talk oh, about okay, it now. That makes more sense. I was wondering, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm I should have mentioned him. <laughs> Cole was plus 275, which I just, I don't like that. I mean, like he can win it. Sure. But I don't like those odds. Rowander seven to one and Snell at nine to one. Clevenger 10 to one. Glassdown at 12 to one. I don't like those odds like glass now. 12 to 1. Uh, Morton, 12 to 1. Bieber, the Beebs, he's 12 to 1 as well. Um, I don't know, man. Lance Lynn, 25 to 1. How does that happen? Why would we bet on Lance Lynn? That's ridiculous. Because he's getting a new ballpark that's going to be drastically more advantageous to him, and he was one of the best pitchers in the league last season. Yeah, but did he Freaky Friday with Gary Cole that we're not aware of? Like, I, it's still Lance Lynn. I mean, it's still a season where anyone can Yeah, just, I guess. But 25 yeah. to 1 is not even like a great – Ah, whatever. I'm on a, I'm on a Lance Lynn. Uh, we, me and Cardi talked about it. Uh, we like Paxton and McCullers at 40 to one each. Those are both guys have had injury problems. So much kind of concerning also guys that can labor at times, not necessarily close out games. They'll go like six and change and throw 112 pitches. Um, McCullers is the guy that they played 162 innings. 162 game, that's a long game. 162 games. Um, he probably wouldn't pitch beyond, I don't know, 150 innings or so. But because it's a shortened season, he should benefit from that. Uh, you can only pick so many with 12 starts. Uh, McCullers, kind of interesting at 40 to 1. What say you? Uh, yeah, no, McCullers got great stuff, obviously, before his injuries. Like, yeah, the 40 to 1 odds uh, are probably my favorite ones. McCullers, Montas, who was just throwing heat before he got suspended with steroids, maybe he figured <laughs> out how to not test positive. And, like, again, that's – like that's the division where you're playing in the best ballpark with pitchers like in the N or in the AL like angels, all that. So there, he's going to get good ballparks. So Montas, I think is a good one at 41 I'm right there with you with Paxton. Cause his biggest problem is injuries. And when he comes back from injuries, McCullers great stuff and can put up a great season at any given time. You're I, I hate myself for saying this, but you know who I'm interested in at 150 to one. Uh, well, I mean, I, now I can cheat and look, but, uh, I mean, is it Dylan Bundy? It's Dylan Bundy. Okay, sell me on Dylan Bundy. He's going from a terrible ballpark for pitchers to a good one. He learned how to induce soft contact to lefties, 
And really his biggest problem has been just incredible home run to fly ball variance. Um, it, it just has not worked out for him. He's a guy with a, amazing stuff. He can strike out guys. And now he's going for, to a much better ballpark and a much better division where he's going to, he's a fly ball guy. He's going to be playing seven games over in Oakland. He's going to be playing in a home ballpark. That's not great for home runs, but not terrible. He's going to be playing in Seattle, which like is a decent park for uh, fly ball hitters, Houston. So I don't know. He's always been a guy with a ton of talent. It's a 60 game season. So anything can happen. I mean, it's 150 to one. I'm not happy at myself for saying this, but <laughs> like him or even glass now, uh, not the worst idea in the world. There's just was, no value on glass now. I mean, 12 to yeah. one is a bad number in my opinion. I like yeah. him, but that's a bad number. I mean, but also like Garrett Cole plus 275 is not a great value either. I'm I'm probably not betting that. I mean, he's the best pitcher, yeah. But I mean, I'll just bet Cole to win the Cy Young. <laughs> just bet on that. I'm sorry to win the uh the MVP if he just yeah. goes incredibly you know nuts, which yeah. is probably not going to happen. But maybe you never know. Yeah. What about Otani at 50 to one? Although he's probably only gonna. I don't think he's gonna. gonna pitch like 12 starts he may but i wouldn't guess that i'll take the under on 12 yeah so yeah that's that's my issue there i got i mean they're not going to award the stick and the, the cy young i would imagine yeah probably not but yeah i don't know there's like the only off the i like the 40 to one guys and i like the one and i like bundy just because i love to hate myself he's won me and lost me more money than anyone else in baseball <laughs> Grant, uh, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I did want to touch on the home run leaders. Uh, so Gallo is 10 to 1. By the way, Gallo, of course, COVID. Uh, we don't know. I don't want to speculate how he's going to recover, but uh, love Gallo. Ridiculous stick when he gets a hold of it. Uh, but I, I'm probably not there. Trout is also 10 to 1 for what it's worth. Alonzo's 11 to 1. Bellinger's 18 to 1. Judge, if he stays healthy, is 20 to 1. Uh, who's jumping out for you on the board? So, I, yeah, like it would be Alvarez if it weren't for, like, I think we're still not sure if he has corona or not. I don't think he's reported yet. I don't yeah, know. there's I some think... speculation on Jordan Alvarez. He hasn't reported yet, and Dusty Baker was very uh, nonspecific as to the reason why he wasn't there, and who knows, draw your own conclusion, but, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, that. I mean, the big thing is a lot of these guys are going to end up playing all 60 games who are DHs just because, like, we're, you're not doing, uh, what's it called, interleague play. So universal DH, like I'm not going to be so surprised if Cruz ends up playing 58 games. So I think Nelly Cruz is probably not the worst call, although he's getting up there in years. Mm -hmm. um, but again, looking at divisions where it's advantageous and you've got, you've got the what, NL, NL East. I can't remember. I always get them confused. Um, the Yankees division, the American league East. East. Yeah. Uh, I'd, a lot of these guys probably like Stanton, if it weren't 11 to one, I would think about it. But because of that, I'm just kind of out. Reese Hoskins. Oh, no. You don't, Reese Hoskins at, at 50 to one. Sell me on it. I mean, dude hits bombs. I like, uh, you want a couple guys in the mid tier? What about Framel Ray is a 35 to one? Another guy that's going to be visiting Coors Field. I've got some really good number 35 to one on Framel. And another guy, like, you know, one of the best power hitters in all of baseball that gets completely neglected, bashed out, I think, at least 40 last year, Jorge Soler. I know the ballpark stink and the team stinks, but, you know, he can pull a Pedro Serrano. He can do it by himself. All he needs is to make yeah. some homers. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, there's so much volatility, and I don't think it's worth it to go with the guys up there at the top. Like, I want at least 30 to 1 odds because, I mean, even Matt Olson, like, yeah, he, he was having some struggles last year. And, I mean, the main thing is he's a lefty, so there's some decent lefty pitchers in that division, if I remember correctly. So he kind of got kind of got taken out of a few games because the uh, A's like to like to take advantage of matchups with, uh, what is it, Pinder and – there's one other guy that can never remember his name. So that, that, it's more worry about playing time and him getting pitch hit for later on in a game. So hence why not a big Matt Olson guy, but Chapman, like he can hit outside of the home run contest where his dad's throwing just straight up heat and curveballs. <laughs> he had to get him one last time. <laughs> I'm trying to look at like some long shot guys. Um, Betts at 100 to 1. Like, I know that he's not the biggest home run guy, but he can go on a little bit of heater. He's out of Boston, which I know is a very good park for hitting, but it's not that great of a park for home runs. Um, Tatis at 100 to 1. Am I looking at the right thing? Is he really 100 to 1 for? Yeah, he's 100 to 1 for home runs. I'm not going to be surprised if he ends up leading the league in home runs. Like, the dude just mashes. Uh, I think there's a lot more value down near the bottom. Gary Sanchez at 66, 66 to 1 is another one that's kind of interesting. He's got a ton of power as well. I think the worst him. bet on the board is Chris Davis, <laughs> the Baltimore one, at 125 to 1. We just talked about the possibility of him hitting like 17 overs. And yeah. Just sort of. I mean, unless Corona gave him superpowers. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't he like crushing spring training? Wasn't there like a spring? He was doing something where he's hitting a bunch of homers. Did I imagine this? I don't even know, like, but <laughs> I don't know. He got no. that big contract. Maybe he's looking for a, like, maybe Last he just was... laid off the juice for a few years and like, all right, when I get another con, when I'm ready for another contract, I'll, I'll start, start roiding up again. I think but, I'm thinking of last year for some reason. The years, it's, it's <laughs> the years are just sort of meshing with me. Grant. I just remember like betting on him to actually get a hit when he was six bucks over or like a buck over on Yahoo. Well, there was he opened the season like oh for a whole bunch. Yeah, over like uh, sixty. He had the longest hitless streak of all time, I think. Yeah, you almost started to feel bad for the guy, despite the fact he's making I don't, an insane amount of money. Yeah, no, he's on a hundred and sixty million dollar contract. I don't feel bad for him at all. Yeah, I mean, and also uh, there was reports that he like he was refusing to work with the hitting coach, and he wasn't like he had, he wasn't even trying to work on his game. That was the reports, and he, the the television commentary just buried him. And I think he was upset about this, but uh, I don't know who, who I mean, Gary, For- Gary Thorne, or maybe it was Jim Palmer. I think it was Jim Palmer. Uh, and he was not pleased about this. I don't remember, remember these reports. They're basically saying this guy's terrible and he's not even like trying to break out of it by working with the coaches. But yeah, he's got a seven year, $161 million deal. Uh, and it doesn't expire until 2023. So, hey man, good for yeah. Chris Davis. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it many times before. Um, what about the other Chris Davis at 33 to one? Obviously he was injured. He had that wrist injury for most of last year. And that's kind of what we assumed was yeah. keeping him from doing too much. So no, like 33 to one. I don't think it's the worst bet in the world. Another uh, Corona guy, but we don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah. I mean, again, look into things and if they, you can generally get a report if they're asymptomatic or not, which is a pretty good sign. Like again, not a doctor. This is not medical advice. Yeah. But if you're asymptomatic, in my experience of research, it's much less likely to have any real lasting effects. And if anything, that probably more guarantees that they're less likely to get it throughout the course of the season. 
Yeah, I, mean, I I hate playing the speculation game, much like you are as well. I mean, I'm just going based off of odds. I mean, on average, most people, their antibodies last about three months, which will put you through pretty much the entire regular season at this point. Asymptomatic cases are about, what, 10 times more likely to not have lasting effects. I don't know. I, I, I know way too many doctors and way too many people have gotten it. <laughs> so I, I have, I've done my research into this far too much. You have anything else as far as uh, that's worth talking about here? I mean, I don't know. We haven't really dug in like who's going to win, you know, the title and all that. But I mean, is that worth even talking? I've kept you long enough. There's nothing else, right, Grant? I mean, not really. I'm just going to look at the uh, team futures real quick um, to make the playoffs. Let's see if there's no, no, no. Somebody goofy is going to make the playoffs just because like it's not going to be the Orioles at 33 to one, but like Vegas is kind of reflecting that like. I'm not really seeing any decent. Uh, Detroit, 33 to one. Yeah, not going there. Like Vegas is kind of baked in the volatility and put a pretty large amount of juice on most things. I mean, I'm trying to look up the Mets are probably depending, plus 135. Like, yeah. I honestly don't hate that. Cardi loves that lineup. He was talking about that yesterday. How much well, that lineup's eat? great. And obviously their pitching's pretty good. Um, so they, they benefit I, greatly with, uh, the DH because Cespedes yeah. can't move. So, yeah. And I mean, they've had some, like, they just had so many injuries over the year. Injuries are less likely to affect them in a 60 game season. Trying to see if there's anything kind of sort of somewhat interesting that jumps out. Uh, Toronto plus 650. I don't completely hate that. I mean, if that's, I want that's dart, not a terrible line at all. The problem is that division's so tough where correct. like they're the least likely, I mean, may, honestly, the Rangers at plus 650, they've got some decent bats. They've got some, like, if still. Klubot, Lynn. Klubot, Lynn, and Miner was having a pretty decent season for the most of the last year. I mean, the bullpen is probably still trash, but bullpens tend to, tend to regress a little bit more towards the mean. Um, and they, Kluber's a guy that can go late into the games. Miner's a guy that can go late into the games. And Lynn's a guy that can go late into the games. So. I honestly don't hate the Rangers at six and a half to one. I think that's a decent one. Mariners, 12 to one. Yeah. That's just me being a homer, but that seems <laughs> like, uh, I can't even, I guess they did get rid of half their, half their team. I forgot. I can't even remember. That Toronto rotation, man. Hunter Rio is interesting with them. Like the board, Tanner Roark, the maker of shoes, Ugh. Uh, Chase Anderson, Trent Thornton. I know we love the sticks, the, the young sticks there in Toronto, you know, Vladdy and Biggio and Bichette and, you know, uh, Gurry, all those guys. But uh, eesh, that pitching rotation could be – like you said, the division's rough, obviously, too. So, outside of beating up Baltimore – and I guess beat, I assume they're going to play, uh, you know, the Marlins a few a series on the other side. But yeah, I'm looking not, through – I'm looking through the Mariners. Yeah. And, and – well, it, it's I forgot how bad their lineup was towards the end of the season. <laughs> like they had Seager, they had Team Girth captain. Oh my boy, yeah, <laughs> Daniel Mogelbach. And they had Aniger, and then it was just a hodgepodge of Alex random guys Smith. like Tom Murphy who can <laughs> just smash lefties for some reason. Create a player, Tom Murphy. Yeah, I need a proof of life. Are we sure Tom Murphy exists? I'm not sure. I think I think it, it was just a glitch in the simulation. 
Grant, uh, g- give me your favorite take that we've talked about in this podcast. I mean, Dylan Bundy at 150 to 1. No. <laughs> give me your uh, second favorite. Frankie Montas to win the Cy Young <laughs> at 41. All right. My favorite one, of course, is going to be New Orleans uh, at 3 uh, to 1. I forgot we talked about basketball. We did so talk long basketball. Ago. That did happen. This podcast went really long. If you guys stuck with this as long, we much appreciate it. Grant, give him like a code word to type in uh, on YouTube. Because we're on YouTube as well. This one is on YouTube. You can actually see it's worth firing up YouTube for no reason. You can see Grant's uh, ridiculous, uh, awesome hair. Ridiculously awesome hair. Give him the side profile shot, Grant. It's really, oh, there it is. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking super sexy. Quarantine's almost like, over and got to get back on the board. What should they put in the comment section? Like, I was like, you know, hey, we, I, I made it to the end. Like something to say in the comment section on YouTube. Well, just tell me if you'd swipe left on me or swipe right on me. Oh, boy. <laughs> Grant, it was a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for joining it, uh, joining our pod. And the great thing about this is, like, it's, like, three months down the road or we're not even going to know if we're right. And we could – and, you know, nobody's going to remember who we picked three months ago. So if we're wrong completely – If Dylan Bundy wins Cy Young, people will remember. Well, that People will remember that. And they'll they remember me, like, laughing at you, too, which is – you know, I, you know, put a, few put a 10 spot way. on and you got 1500 coming your way in a few months. Yeah. If if you one, get of your, second, though, one of your $10 free bets from DK Sportsbook, if you're over here in Colorado, just throw it on Dylan Bundy. It's a free bet. You don't care if you lose, but if you win, just like if the Pelicans win, I've got the championship. I've got a whole lot of money coming my way. <laughs> that was Grant Niefer from uh, rotorunners.com. This was basketball. This was also baseball. I was Dean. It was the morning grind. Thanks for listening. We're out of here. Holler. Hey, kids.